only by the vile sandwich and the twenty ounces of revolver dragging down the pocket of her coat. She had little time to enjoy her solitude before a shaky lamp beam flickered through the trees. Soon, the cyclist pedaled into view, heading toward the gate and going slowly on the rough track. He stopped beside her campsite, setting one size thirteen bare foot down on the mud. His boots were slung on his back now, alongside the guitar. His hair shone silver in the firelight, but it was a youngster's hair, long and thick, pulled back over his ears and secured in a ponytail at the nape of his neck. He wore jeans, a checked shirt, and a lightweight jacket which hung open in denial of the cold. In spite of his height, he looked young and vulnerable when he smiled. You should go inside, ma'am, or leave. There's a bear. They can be dangerous at this time of year. Grizzly or black bear? she asked. No grizzlies on the island, but even a black can be nasty. And are you sure it wasn't an elk or a moose? They can be dangerous too. He flashed white teeth in another smile. I saw bear tracks earlier, and I just heard something moving. That's enough for me. I'm gone, lady. You think you can outrun a bear on a bicycle? You'd be amazed how fast I can pedal when I'm motivated. Laughing, he pushed down on a pedal and wobbled into motion, disappearing around the bend in seconds. The woman rose and walked over to the edge of the trail, pulling the S&W special from her pocket. She stared into the darkness in the direction where the cyclist had disappeared. Two minutes. Three. She heard the rattle of the bike just before his light flickered back into view. Pedaling furiously, he yelled a warning to her, which she ignored. A bear could outrun a horse over a short distance, so the biker would have had little chance even on a concrete highway. On that rutted, stony mud, it was a wonder that the bear hadn't already caught him. As they came level with the watcher, it did. Boy, bear, bicycle, and guitar crashed a screaming, snarling tangle in front of her. The bear was on top, with a boot in its mouth and one paw stuck through the bicycle's wheel, a handgun was not a hunting rifle. She had to make the first shot count by putting it into the correct skull. Jostling for position, she put a foot on the guitar, crushing it. As she watched, a paw raked the boy's chest in an explosion of blood that made her cry out. The bicycle was being ripped into scraps, and it seemed that its owner would suffer the same fate. But then the bear shook its head, spat out the boot, and rolled over on its back, stone dead. Gripping the revolver firmly in both hands, the woman shoved the stubby barrel between its open jaws and fired. The shot barked obscenely loud, leaving her ears jangling in the deadly silence that followed. From the bottom of the heap came a whimper of pain. The boy tried to sit up. In a remarkably steady tenor voice, he said, Can you get this damn thing off my legs, please? That was no trivial problem, given that the carcass weighed as much as two big men. Had her supplies included a rope or chain, she would have been tempted to tow the brute off with the truck, but they didn't. It took several minutes to free the boy, and he did most of the work. Although his face was coated with mud and probably bruised from hitting the ground, it seemed to have suffered no more than that. His left forearm was bleeding, but his worst injury was the savage clawing that had raked him open from neck to belly, four parallel slashes streaming blood. His clothes were in tatters, and his thick leather belt had been snapped in half. 
She gripped his good arm to help him upright and tried to wrap it around her shoulders, but he resisted. Can walk, he muttered. I'll be all right. He pulled his arm free to hold up the tattered remains of his jeans. She held his elbow and guided him back to her chair by the fire. Amazingly, he seemed to be shaking less than she was. You shot it, he mumbled. I certainly did. What do you think I did? Hit it with your guitar? Just that I thought, never mind. He slumped down onto the chair. Stay there, she said fatuously, and ran to the door of the Winnebago. She disappeared inside, then returned with a bundle of towels. Here, let me see. He was crouched in the chair, doubled over, head down, blood dribbling onto the ground. I'll be all right. No, you won't. You'll bleed to death if you don't get any help. Now sit up. Reluctantly.